The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Beauty Vanguard. In today's beauty news, I guess I gotta say is that I feel super boring, especially boring these days, with my Mademoiselle nail polish, bubble bath, vamp, berry, whatever, because I'm not with the beauty times, because it's all about, of course, TikTok, Gen Z trend of nail art, Mm -hmm. and really nail, this whole nail craze being like a massive explosion of expression, uh, which I'm so here for. I love it. But it's, it's like, happy face stickers and and it's not even about mismatched nails it's really right. about this explosion in the nail art industry like decals and rhinestones what are yeah. your thoughts are you right i mean or are you... i'm into it no honey we are from the generation of ballet slippers like our nails could not be more boring <laughs> we love a waltz <laughs> We love an Essie waltz. We love we love a waltz. We love a pink so pale it's white. Like <laughs> yeah, if we're living I mean, on the edge, if we're living on the yeah. edge, it's like, ooh, I went navy this fall season. But ooh, like a matte I, navy. A matte navy. But mind you, now my fingers are bare and buffed mm. because I was okay. like over the navy. But yeah, I'm actually really into it. And I'm fascinated, you know, when I scroll through TikTok or yeah. really TikTok and I see the nail art craze, like I'm I'm so into it. I'm definitely more into a sticker, a decal. Like when I see yeah. these girls that like sit at the nail salon for three hours getting this like gorgeous works of art on their nails, it's going to last like two weeks. I just think to myself, like who has the time? Yeah, but also it's like this in between because – You know, I'm reading this Business of Fashion article about the manicure gets a makeover and it's the pandemic ushered in this like anti-manicure phase Mm -hmm. because we couldn't really do anything. So it's it's somewhere between super intricate, like two hour nail art and like anti and nothing. So it's like about stickers and really things you can do yourself. Um, like I know Dashing Diva is a brand that's really taken off because mm-hmm. the the stickers look super, super, all the pop-on nails, they look so good now. They look really good now. It looks like better than a gel manicure. Yeah. I love it. Perfect stocking stuffer for my daughter, for my nieces. Mm-hmm. I just for me. Yeah, yeah, for you. For, <laughs> for me. me. For me. Uh, for, for you. you and we me. should we should sell them on 13 Loon. I mean, well, yeah, we I sell Jinsoon. We sell, yeah, we have Jinsoon. Mm-hmm, um, which is amazing. But yeah, bringing, bringing more and more BIPOC nail art to the site would be amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I'm into it. And I think maybe I'm going to live on the edge and, and get some Jinsoon and do my nails you this should, weekend. Because it really is beyond the nail. It's beyond the nail bed. It's really about a crossover into pop culture. And it's mm-hmm. really seeping into fashion. I mean, all these rappers and pop stars are like doing it themselves, but also there was this big like fundraising round and for this company called Faculty and um like Maisie Williams and rapper all these rappers whatever like got in on it. Like everybody's just like really into it. It's like this great form of self-expression as nails have always been, but in, in a in a in a strikingly Gen Z TikTok way right now. So 
I'm it. into it. I gotta. I'm I gotta, into it. I gotta move beyond my Mademoiselle. Basically, I'm really yes. falling yes. short over here. So no, I love um, it. So let's, let's get do into it. it, and let's get into another episode of the Beauty Vanguard. Welcome to the Beauty Vanguard, Dr. Boachi. And the way that we love to start out the Beauty Vanguard is by just checking in with all of our guests, because we know that we all love to learn about your beauty journey, um, your earliest influences, the experiences that have informed your views on beauty, how you found beauty, how beauty found you. So can you let us know? Of course, of course. So it's funny because I remember the days when I used to hang out with my mom at ANS. I don't know if you remember that store. It was very big on the East Coast and I would always be at the fashion fair counter with my mom. And she would be rummaging through all the various shoes and we would spend like an hour there. And of course, as a little girl, I used to be so bored, but that was my first journey into the beauty world. And then, you know, as I matured, I realized, you know, I watched all these other celebrities with their beauty journey and I'm more of a skin minimalist. I personally just like to just wear like a little sunscreen, do a little lip and eye and call it a day. Um, But I think I got my beauty introduction from my mom just because we just spent those days like hours (laughs) at fashion fair she would have the brown bag with all the lip colors you know from all the hues from like a bright purple to like a a cute little red all the time (laughs) I love that I love that and I love that so many of us have that fashion fair journey with our moms and how impactful that happened for me at at JCPenney but same I would just go there and and sit with my mom while she played with with all of the fashion fairs. So I love that. I love that that is one of your earliest recollections. Sure. Well, dermatology, obviously. I mean, beauty, we kind of, with between like skincare and how important skin has become in, you know, aesthetics and, and crossover with beauty, but you're a dermatologist, obviously. And what led you to dermatology and was focusing on darker skin tones and, and education around um, melanin-rich skin, was that something you knew you were going to do from the beginning or was that something that came a little bit later in your practice? Yeah, so it's so interesting. I'm a visual learner. And um, as a child, you know, coming from an African household, I remember at the age of six, my dad was like, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, I want to be an artist. And my dad was like, uh, no. And there's, you know, he's, He's just like, you can only be three things, either a doctor, a lawyer, or an accountant. So I was like, I think we all have. Mine was engineer. Yeah. Yeah. They literally make the worst, all of those. So that didn't happen. But yeah, yeah, that was those those check boxes. Exactly. Stick us in one of those categories. And so um, I just said, mm-hmm. I'll be a doctor. My parents are both physicians. So it was just kind of easy. I was used to that kind of world. And regarding dermatology, because I'm a visual learner, it just made sense when I met, went to medicine because you could see the presentation of the disease and then um, you could just go ahead and fix it. So, and that's how I learned. But regarding skin of color, it's funny. I trained at SUNY Downstate, which is based in Brooklyn, the heart of Brooklyn. And my training is actually all based on melanated skin. As a matter of fact, we had to go to Long Island or Queens to train on lighter skin types. So I was blessed. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
so I was blessed in that regard because when you look at our books, it's all white, white skin tones. You rarely see diseases presented on black patients or Asian patients. And, you know, when you look at the amount of skin of color um, or black dermatologists in the United States, it's only about 3%. It's a very, very small percentage. So mm -hmm. I'm blessed that I went to downstate. I think it was serendipitous. And that, you know, I just feel comfortable taking care of patients who are melanated. Oh, Nikeo and I learned like a, an interesting statistic that um, a, a couple months ago that there's only like 20,000 dermatologists yeah. in the United States, mm -hmm. which when you, I've never thought about it before until it was brought up to us. And I'm like, wow, that's not that many. And then when we talk about dermatologists of color or who have had their practice centered more so on having people of color, melanated skin at the center, it's must be very small percent. No, it's, it's so small, right. And I think we don't realize how vast the US is. I think COVID really brought that out when we saw the numbers escalating. There are 330 million people in the United States. And then when you, you know, mentioned there's only 20,000 dermatologists <laughs> and then only 3%, you know, I can't even do the math. I'm horrible at math. <laughs> It's small, and, and it's small yeah. right? Um, and it's sad because, yeah, and the population of the country is changing. And what I hear from a lot of my patients um, that come in is like, I feel more comfortable coming to someone who mm -hmm. looks like me. You are listening to me. You know, you, you are spending time with me. I don't feel like I'm just a, a number mm -hmm. in the waiting mm -hmm. room. You know, you know my name, you know more about my family. And so I think there's something to be said about, about that and also just, I always say like the provider and patient, we form right. a partnership because in, in terms of your health, it's, it's just super mm. important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then also having like a, cause so much of our cultural backgrounds come into play with, you know, whether I didn't wear sunscreen my entire life versus a lighter, mm -hmm. you know, skinned friend wore sunscreen all the time. And that was very much a part of his or her upbringing or vice versa, or, right. you know, cause a lot of that seems to be rooted in, in mm -hmm. upbringing, right? Like sun care. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and when you look at sun care specifically, we weren't necessarily been mar being marketed to at least when I was growing up. And so, you know, I knew from my mom that sunscreen was important, but I even had, you know, educators, you know, camp counselors, people reflecting back to me that, that it wasn't important for me to wear sunscreen, that I had this natural SPF. And, and if it wasn't for the teachings of my mom, um, which also kind of leads me to my next question, which is how are different skin tones affected by pollution, blue light, sunlight, et cetera? Because I, I still feel like even now in 2021, there's, there's still a lack of education around the importance of sunscreen, especially in marginalized communities. And when, when you do hear the statistics of how few dermatologists of color, you know, specifically trained or focused on on melanin rich skin, no wonder it's, you know, it's sort of, it's an access issue. It's, it's actually mm -hmm. an inequity issue. So, mm -hmm. so I guess, yeah, my question yeah, yeah. would be, mm -hmm. you know, for our listeners, 
let us know like how are different skin tones affected by these things because i think that when you especially blue light you've yeah, heard well, so much about blue light through the pandemic right and i yeah. just i kind of just mm-hmm. made it up in my head that oh because i have more melanin in my skin i'm not as affected by blue light i made that up one thousand <laughs> percent so please set right. the record straight <laughs> right about yeah we're, we're reading about like light. the harm of blue light with the blue light shining in our face yeah yeah Yes, yes, we are connected through yes. blue light, but yes, yes. please yeah. break it all down for us. <laughs> break it down, educate us, please. So it's so interesting, you know, we are all affected by the ultraviolet light and also the visible light. So when we think about the sunlight, broken down to ultraviolet light, visible light, and infrared light. And what happens in those with melanated skin is that the visible light causes a lot of hyperpigmentation. So patients of color, melanated skin, we do get skin cancer, but it's definitely at a lower rate because of our natural SPF. And unfortunately, we tend to, when we develop skin cancer, the prognosis is poor. But my concern is, yes, we should be doing skin checks regularly just to make sure that everything is okay on our skin. But when it comes to blue light, the hyperpigmentation is the biggest issue. And this is why we need to make, we need to wear sunscreen. We need to bring more awareness into our communities because hyperpigmentation devastates us all. Today, I had a patient, several patients of color come into my office and they were all like, well, how do we correct this? How do we correct this brown spot? How do we correct this brown spot? Number one is just wearing the sunscreen. And we want to make sure that the sunscreen is covering UVA, UVB, but there's also some key ingredients in there that help with the visible light, which is that high energy blue light that definitely causes the hyperpigmentation on the skin. Right. And I think sometimes it's confusing because I know as a black woman, hyperpigmentation shows up in different ways on my skin. Sometimes it's dark. Sometimes it's light. I like ran to the dermatologist in a complete panic because I have this white spot on my cheek and this white spot on my nose. And it feels that sometimes it kind of goes away. And then in the summertime, it feels like it's, you know, it doesn't grow, but it's bigger and it's, but it's white. So for the longest time, I was like, what is this white spot that keeps popping up in these two different places? You know, is this dangerous? Is it? And, and my dermatologist was like, nope, that's hyperpigmentation. It just, it doesn't always show up looking exactly the same, which is what the important thing is about skin checks. And, and, and knowing that, you know, especially those of us with melanin rich skin, it's, it's not one size fits all. It's not always that damage Mm -hmm. is not always going to show up in the exact same way. Um, I had a, a dermatologist said to me once, oh, you know, I think it might just be some fungus and gave me a lot of like cortisone creams and steroids. And it started to thin the skin. And it really is about the education and making sure to, to stay on top of it. But I do notice, um, and I've been much better, um, in these summer months now that we're out and about more of wearing, um, at least SPF 40 on my skin every day, even if I'm outside for 10 minutes and that, that I haven't seen it flare up as much. So, you know, Mm -hmm the sunscreen helps. And, and then with all the time that we've spent since, you know, March of 2020 sitting in front of blue light to, you know, I actually keep my sunscreen now on my desk so that I I'm constantly remembering yeah. mm-hmm. and hands. People forget about your hands when you're driving yeah. and, and neck. neck, right. And, and neck. neck. neck right. ears, right. lips. Yeah. Lips. So all of these are some forgotten areas. Um, and the key is making sure that we reapply the sunscreen. And at, to your point, not all hyperpigmentation is the same because it all depends on where it presents in the skin, which layer does, like whether it's epidermal hyperpigmentation versus dermal hyperpigmentation. And then it comes down to the dermatologist who you see, because if the dermatologist can't pick up on those little nuances, mm-hmm. 
then you're not going to be treated appropriately. And sometimes dermatologists who were not trained on skin of color, they may not even see right. hyperpigmentation, mm-hmm. right? So it just becomes, yeah, yes. Anyway. So, <laughs> so word to the wise <laughs> for that. all of our <laughs> listeners whose parents told them to be doctors and lawyers, unlike Melissa and I, who didn't listen to that advice, um, dermatology is a really good idea for you guys. Yeah, no. Um, let's do that. Dermatology specifically yeah. is a very, I think I asked my son if he, I said, I have a great job idea for you. Yeah. And I said a dermatologist, because he's been to a dermatologist, so he knows specifically what dermatologist he's yeah. like. Oh. Um, like, like couldn't yeah. grasp it. I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll keep reminding. Right. I did the same with, with my 15 right. year old daughter. I said the same thing. I was like, you could do it. She's like, mom, I don't like the sight of blood. Like you still have to go through all the other medical school parts. If I could just get straight to the skin, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Have to go through blood and pus. Oh yeah. For sure. That's that part. Yeah. Yeah. There's the whole, that part for sure. Um, I think I could deal with blood more than the, the pus part for sure. Yeah. Yes. But if you watch Dr. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's such a fascination. (laughs) There is such a pull to watch it. I'm like, it's, it's so conflicted. I'm like, it's my, my brain is saying no, but my heart is saying yes. Yeah. It causes me way too much anxiety. My daughter loves it, but I'm like, I get the highlights. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just see the highlight. (laughs) Well, you mentioned, um, skin cancer and, you know, we know that the rates are lower. The prognosis is generally worse. Can we unpack that? Is it because it's more than just not wearing sunscreen or the education around wearing sunscreen? Is it access to dermatology? Is it lack of training on the the medical education part? Not lack of, but like you said, there's not as much emphasis on skin of color, maybe in the, in the, training part. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? And then are there any specific sunscreen tips for people with darker skin when, when applying or ingredients to look for, even brands you really, really like age to start wearing it at? If we could unpack the, the skin cancer impacting black and brown communities and sort of what, what the big causes of that are. Yeah. So it's quite interesting when it comes to the skin cancer, the ones that we commonly talk about are basal cells, skin cancers, squamous cells, skin cancers, and then we talk about the melanomas. So when it comes to basal cell and squamous cells, um, I think the issue is that we don't think, people of color don't think that it can affect them. So there's that education piece there. So we need to educate them that, you know, skin cancer affects all skin types. It might not be as prominent in our community, but it's there. And it's just really imperative that we actually do what we call, I say, self-exam. I think it's so important that everyone knows what's growing on their body. And I always say, take a mole of all your selfies, put it in a a shared album, and then every couple of months, you kind of examine it. So that way, if you see something growing or changing, then you could bring it to your primary care doctor, because you may not even have a dermatologist in your city or and so forth. So at least your primary care doctor could then maybe consult with somebody else and say, hey, that doesn't look right. Or maybe they could do a biopsy and then go ahead and diagnose it. I think one thing about COVID that has been impactful and great is that now there's a lot of telemedicine, teledermatology. So you get on a computer and show people like a growth or a mole and they can direct you to to the proper provider to seek uh, treatment. But yeah, it's not just about sunscreen. It's really about more visual inspection and just making sure that everything is kosher. Um, When it does come down to sunscreen, the key ingredients would be obviously 
zinc and titanium are, are my favorites because they are mineral-based sunscreens, but then also considering iron oxide, which is really important because that's what helps with the visible light. And so you could get some, you could find some that are tinted, some that are sheer for those who don't like to have the color so much on their skin. Those are great. And sometimes some of these um, sunscreens now come with um, a lot of antioxidants because we were talking about pollution earlier. And so the pollution also causes stress to our skin, which can also cause a lot of inflammation, which could potentially lead to hyperpigmentation. So you could also look for um, sunscreens that have like vitamin C and some other fun ingredients in there. I don't wanna necessarily drop any brands because I'm always big about educating people on ingredients. It's almost like when you're cooking, right? You look at various recipes and you wanna know which, which recipe am I gonna go with? Well, I'll go with this one because these are what I have in my cupboard. These are the ingredients I have and that's what you shouldn't go, mm. that's what you should look for in your sunscreen. All about that makes sense. That makes sense. Ingredient based. And I mean, is it, do people with darker skin tones have to apply more frequently, less frequently, or really abide by the same directions on the back of the packaging? Yeah, same direction. So I always say like the peace sign for a teaspoon is really what covers your face and your neck. Um, I think a lot of times we think once a day is adequate. Um, Sometimes when you're going to be out, when you are outdoors, you have to definitely do every two hours. And you just have to make sure you put a liberal amount. So the teaspoon for each anatomical area, or we say a shot glass for the entire body. That's such great advice. I'm like, oh, I'm not using enough. Um, but yeah. but a big a big part of that, no, I think, <laughs> which I know a lot of people with darker skin tones really get frustrated with the ghosting, um, you know, purpleness to their skin, changing the tone of their skin. And and I will say that you know over the last couple of years. There's been some great products that have come to market that really help to alleviate that ghosting. So I'm, I'm more liberal with my application because I know it's not going to change the way I look. And so, you know, I, I'm excited about discovering, you know, more of those brands and, and bringing them to 13 Loon. Every day, delicious groceries fall through the cracks of our food system because of how they look. Imperfect Foods is turning this around by sourcing quirky but delicious foods and delivering them to you in a way proven to reduce emissions. Imperfect Foods is a grocery delivery service offering an entire line of sustainable groceries that taste delicious and reduce waste. Make a difference in our food system. Embrace the natural imperfections and get your groceries delivered weekly with Imperfect Foods. Once you sign up, you can personalize your weekly grocery order with fresh seasonal produce, pantry staples, and yummy snacks. Plus, your order will arrive on the same day each week. I've been obsessed with Imperfect Foods because it's the perfect way to save time, money, and the environment. You can definitely feel good supporting a more sustainable and local food system. Right now, Imperfect Foods is offering our listeners 20% off your first four orders when you go to imperfectfoods.com and use the promo code BEAUTY. Again, 20% off your first four orders. That's up to an $80 value at imperfectfoods.com. Offer code when you use promo code BEAUTY. Imperfectfoods.com and use BEAUTY. And now back to the Beauty Vanguard. So... 
tell us about Kinlo and the impetus to launch it and what was the approach and formulations and the overall product line. Tell everybody about it. Yeah, so Kinlo, it's so exciting to work with Naomi and the amazing team that we're working with because it's all about, again, education and awareness because, you know, bringing sun care products to the community is so important because this is a community that we just said, we don't really need sunscreen. I only said, you know, I wasn't really aware about wearing sunscreen when I was a child. And so um, Kinlo is not only bringing, talking about sun protection, but also about blue light protection. We also have aftercare sunscreen and, you know, we're just really excited about coming to market. So it's really great to be working with her and the rest of the team. That's amazing. And for those listening, um, we're talking about Naomi Osaka, who obviously spends a lot of time in the sun. And, and so I'm, I'm really excited for this brand. Um, It's going to be great and excited that you're a part of it. It is. It drops September 7th. So amazing. Coming up soon. (laughs) September 7th. That's exciting. And then also being such an act, I mean, Naomi being so active, I mean, was the formula also, did you have in mind like non-sweat proof or, you know, as far as it being sort of an active, you know, good for active lifestyles too? Yeah. So it's great for all athletes being outdoors. And I think one of the key things in our sunscreen and sun protection was really making sure that we added the antioxidants to fight off the environment and the pollution and making sure we were protecting against blue light just because number one, the hyperpigmentation is such a big issue in people of color. And we want us, we want to start conditioning everybody ahead of time to start wearing sunscreen indoors as well as outdoors 365 days out of the year. But also in melanated skin, our skin tends to be a little bit on the drier side. So we made sure we formulated the products with moisturizing ingredients like jojoba, shea butter, and so forth. So you'll realize that when you apply our products, they're really rich, they're really hydrating, um, and they won't irritate the skin. Amazing. I can't wait for it. (laughs) <laughs> well, you also, speaking of moisturize, I'm really excited about Kinlo. Is that, am I pronouncing it right? Kinlo? Kinlo, yes. Kinlo. So, you know, Naomi is half Haitian and she's also half Japanese. So Kinlo means golden in both of those languages. Oh, wow. So, oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yes. kismet. I love yes. that. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such a it's such a beautiful word too like I love it, it I'm is. like oh I think it it was just a word that she maybe yeah. liked the sound of and it just sounds really I love kin like you know right. your family kin yeah. um but it means golden that. in both languages that so that's a really that's beautiful I love that story speaking of being moisturized hydrated I was singing the praises of your other line or your line um Carite which is a shea butter based product line that we also sell on 13 Loon (laughs) and I've bought multiple times because it's actually the only lotion. I do use a lot of oils, but um, I just like the feeling of like that quenched feeling of a lotion. Mm -hmm. And yours is the only that I don't need to reapply like three times a day, uh, especially in the summer as I'm like showing my knees or my elbows and I don't get, you know, like sort of ashy elbows, knees. Um, because my skin is so dry. So gorgeous formulations, wonderful. Um, can you also tell us about the impetus to, um, launch your Carite line? Yeah. So Carite was, um, formulated with my sisters and I, um, and we grew up using shea butter, um, as kids. 
because uh, in Ghana, that's all we use. But as you know, uh, the unrefined shea butter is really not cosmetically elegant whatsoever. And so we kind of, about five years ago, we were in my mom's kitchen and we took out her KitchenAid and we were like, let's whip up some shea butter and let's just see what happens. And then we started adding some other ingredients to it. And then we realized we were onto something and we said, you know what, let's just take this to a more sterile environment. Okay. <laughs> so we went to a lab. That's how Karate was formed, was formed. And so we started off with our hero product, which was our hand cream. Then we came out with a body cream. And now we have a lip balm. So we're kind of just targeting certain areas, but that's how it all started in my mom's kitchen with her KitchenAid, which she no longer uses and <laughs> has to replace it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So. Yes. Oh, I love that. It was literally yes, started on you your sister. Kitchen. So it's got, you've got that yeah. legacy and that yeah. heritage. And I always love when, uh, when brands come together based on, on those types of stories and, and real authentic experiences. And to your point, I mean, yes, it's, it's such beautiful formulations in all your products and, and we're so happy to carry them at 13 Loon, but I love Shea Butter, um, obviously huge African influence. I'm from East Africa, from Kenya, but but we love Shea as well. And and But one of the things that I've always found difficult when I'm using you know, unrefined Shea is like that you have to melt it and it takes a while. And then sometimes you get it on your skin and then there's clumps. And, and so that's one of the reasons that we're so excited about having Karate on our site because it really does solve for that, you know, issue. And it's done in a really luxurious formula um, that's easy to apply. We all live such frenetic, crazy lives. So it's always nice when you have a product that you get the efficacy, but you do it with ease. So, so we're excited. And for everyone listening, definitely check out those products on, on 13 Loon. They're, they're great. And the packaging is so, so chic. chic. I love the like yeah, wood it's top beautiful. and just yeah. like it looks Yes, yeah, super giftable. Yeah, we want yeah. Right, right. very predictable. <laughs> we wanted it to be sustainable. You know, you can recycle it and so forth. Um, and what's nice about Carite is that we also give back to the women who pick up our Shea nuts. Mm. And we are actually planning on going to Ghana in December. Um, we met with them back in 2019 and we actually provided them with some sun hats because they're always out in the state walk six miles, yeah. you know, picking the nuts and they're not they're not wearing sunscreen, mm -hmm. right? They can't afford it. Mm -hmm. They don't have the sun protection. So we provided them with some sun hats. And then this year we're going to provide them. We're going back and giving them some shoes, like proper shoes and sneakers. Oh, so, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the beautiful thing that. about also with Kinlo um, and some of the other A-frame brands, there is like this sustainability um, giving back, uh, you know, just educating communities because that's just so important. Right, right. And and yeah, with ethical and sustainable sourcing, it's it's just so important that we give credit to where we are sourcing these ingredients and the people whom we're, whom are working hard um, so that we can create these awesome products. Well, so Melissa and I always have two great questions that we love to ask every guest um, as we wrap up. And so the first, you live a busy life. You've got, you know, these brands, you're a doctor, you're um, so graciously educating us all and helping to really increase visibility in this space, but that's a lot. And so we love to ask our guests, how do you take it all off? How do you, how do you treat yourself? How do you unwind? Yeah. So it's so interesting that you said that because I um, recently wrote a book called uh, Inside Out Beauty, you know, your prescription to healthy, radiant, acne-controlled skin. And 
in my book, what I wrote was that, you know, mindset and self-love are so important. And in my self-love formulation, what I wrote was that, you know, what self-love equals having a positive mindset, exercising every day, uh, not every day, at least four times to five times a week for just 30 minutes, you know, taking time just for yourself, like that meditation. So sometimes like, for instance, I will just throw my phone into a drawer and walk away for four or five hours because I'm always on my, I'm used sometimes, I'm always on call, you know, like if a patient needs me, they need me. Um, but sometimes you just need time to just decompress. I think exercise is medicine. It's like my therapy and I love doing that. Um, and I love just spending time with my kids and just checking out, you know, um, and just staying positive. So I just try to find moments, you know, where I could just be with myself. And I don't think it's selfish to do that because I think when I'm calm and I'm satisfied, then I could satisfy everybody else. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hence your 5 a.m. workouts. Right. Hence my 5 a.m. workouts. Yes. <laughs> Goals. <laughs> Which is amazing. I, uh, Nikkei, earlier when, her, when we were on, um, I was like bragging about how I got up at 7 a.m. this morning and worked out. She's like, oh, no, yeah, I get up at 5 a.m. every morning and work out. Amazing. Like, oh, okay. I get up at like <laughs> five. But you know, I'm extra right. motivated yeah. now. I'm like, okay, 7 a.m. is not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I can do it. Because you did it. Yeah. That's the key thing. You, you did, did it. it. You got it. You, you checked it off your list and you're moving on. Right. Oh, I felt like I had a full day by 9.30 and I did feel a lot right. better. Like so yeah. It's so worth it when you're actually right. finished. And I love that you pointed early. out, you know, the, you know, four or five times a week for 30 minutes a day. I think, especially our generation, we were so conditioned, you know, I mean, I do a lot of different workouts, but a lot of the workouts that I do are an hour, if it's a yoga class, an hour and a half. And, and so then you'll find that in our craziness that like, oh, I can't squeeze it in because I have this zoom or this meeting or kids to get on zoom school. That was our 2020 into 2021 life. And and hopefully not the rest of 2021 life. Um, but, but, you know, when I, during COVID, you know, I think all of us like came in hot at the beginning of COVID. It was like, I'm going to sign up for every virtual string. I'm going to try every workout I can try before New York studios, et cetera. You know, it was so great. And, and the hour, hour and a half, like was achievable because where were we going? And then as the world started to open up and, and our zoom life didn't really change, but now we've opened up and, you know, there's practices and trips and whatever. I went through this phase where I was like, I found this other workout that I loved and all the classes were 30 minutes. And I found that I could consistently do it five days a week. I actually looked forward to it. It didn't feel like a chore. And I could actually tell, and my intention was, you know, just wellness and time to myself or whatever, but I did like, I lost a little weight. I felt more in shape. I was like, wow, I got that memo at 48, like 30 minutes a day, four or five times a week is great. Right. Right. So, and and achievable and feels a little less lofty. I still love my hour dance cardio classes when I can squeeze them in, but, but I'm happy to have found something that I can do for 30 minutes and, and it's intense, but it's, you know, you can do anything for 30 minutes. So I love that you pointed that out. You could do anything for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also as we are maturing and I call it pro-aging um, for us women, as females, we need to make sure that we are lifting weights. It doesn't have to be like a hundred pound weights, but it's just because we do tend to lose a lot of muscle as we tend to get older. So if everyone who's listening just incorporate, you know, in those 
you know, if it's twice a week that you're doing a lot of resistance training um, just to help with your core. And it also helps you become leaner as well. Right. So true. And is it good for like bone density as well? Like in my family, um, like osteoporosis, and that's like something that runs pretty rampant. Yes. Yeah. So definitely with your bones, your muscles, and then also, I mean, we didn't talk about this, but also vitamin D is so important to make sure that we supplement, we didn't, yeah, supplement with vitamin D because we don't want you out in the sun because if you're, you know, a lot of people have this myth that I have to get my vitamin D from the sun. And if you do, you're Mm. damaging your sun, adding more stress to your skin, more hyperpigmentation, increasing your risk of skin cancer. So we always suggest just supplementing it on a daily basis, but with a pill or getting it through food sources. Um, There are a lot of fortified Mm -hmm. foods with vitamin D and there's some natural foods with vitamin D, like some shiitake mushrooms and shrimp and eggs. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that a lot of people, I don't know if it's, if it is specific to those of us um, from, you know, that are more melanated, rich skin, but I do notice that, um, within my family and friends that I talk to that a lot of us suffer from a vitamin D deficiency. And so I was surprised because I take every supplement under the sun, that that was one of the things that I was deficient in at the beginning of COVID I'd gotten a blood panel and then, and then got a vitamin D supplement. And now I've leveled out and am sufficient, but, but I didn't realize like how many, how many people were vitamin D deficient until I started Mm. having those conversations over COVID. And from what I hear from my, from my doctor is that it really does help to prevent a lot of things. Well, the last question we love to ask, and it can be just overarching, it can be in your world of dermatology and all of the important education you're doing, but we always like to ask our, our guests, what makes you hopeful? Oh, now, wow. Especially. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really was, when we got the vaccine for COVID, I really thought that we were really turning a a corner. You know, we were getting all on the same page, you know? So I was really, I'm really, I was really hopeful for that. And I'm still hopeful. I think what, you know, it's just going to take time to educate everybody that this is safe and that, you know, we will be able to get back to a new normal. So I am hopeful for that, you know, like we should believe science. Science is there for a reason. And um, uh, the studies Absolutely. show X Absolutely. and we need to, and you should believe in it, you know, because it got us to this point mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally feel what you're saying that it was super peak hope for me like a month or two ago. And then it was really hard. To, it's been hard to hang on to that, but you gotta just, I'm climbing back up the rope, the hope rope, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, same. Yeah, I love your whole, um, the foundation of your practice and everything you do is pure, you know, really through education and about education, because I think that we work in the beauty industry, beauty, fashion, you're in medicine as it crosses over to beauty and wellness. Sometimes I think we can take for granted that every, like people know more than maybe, you know, is out there in, in en masse but it's, you know, not something we should take for granted because like you said, if we only have 20,000 dermatologists <laughs> and a small fraction of that, and then, you know, our, our dermatologists of color or who focus more on people of color, then it's really a, a small part of the population. We really have to educate and talk and, and, you know, just bring more awareness to the 
you know, disparities and inequities that, you know, certain communities face in a lot of areas, but especially when it comes to skincare and sun care. So thank you for your work. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. I think this having this uh, platform is so important because we're able to share that, you know, information, the proper information. So I thank you for developing this platform. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I thank you for also being a part of 13 Loon. We love celebrating our founders and, and all the incredible work that you're doing. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah. Wow. 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 So I'm scratching my head here. So um, you can find me on Bergen underscore dermatology. So that's the name of my practice. Uh, so Bergen is B-E-R-G-E-N underscore dermatology. For my website, it's www.bergenderm.com. And then that's about it. So if you go there, then you can navigate through everything. <laughs> Everybody uh, remember to check out Kinlo um, yes. and Merite. And I'm so excited about these other brands you're going to be building as the dermatology director of A-Frame, all sort of yes. socially conscious, so celebrity-led brands. It's really exciting. And we just can't wait to see more products from you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. A-Frame is doing amazing things. And so there's more to come. Can't wait to talk more about it. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anne-Marie Johnson. The show was edited by Charlotte Council. You can follow us on Instagram at at 13loon and at Melissa Magsese and at Nikao.